everybody. I am excited to be here. I hope you're as excited as I am to be here. But I'll tell you what, I'm still coming down off from last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, in our orchestra and our worship team and our drama. They did just a wonderful job, didn't they? And I wasn't, I wasn't in the service for the preaching. I was down in the kilt to children's ministry. But I hear Larry did a halfway decent job, too. So, <laughs> Thank you, Larry, for bringing the message last week. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, turn in your Bible to John chapter 10, if you would, the Gospel of John. Be looking at the... 11th through the 14th verse this morning, and the title of my message this morning as we continue on the portraits is Jesus the Good Shepherd, Jesus the Good Shepherd, and we, I, want to, I want to really pound home the Good Shepherd, and as I was, uh, as Larry asked me to um, speak quite a while ago, I think it was right back before, right after we got back from Nicaragua. He said, I'd like you to speak on John chapter 10, the Good Shepherd, to go with our series. And I thought, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. I can come up with a message on the Good Shepherd. But as I began to study that passage, as I began to look at all of those verses, like the first through the 18th verse, it's like, wow, the Good Shepherd. A couple weeks ago, I maybe a week ago now, I said to Larry, I said, Larry, I called him in the evening, I said, I've got to come in and talk to you. We've got to condense this down to a few verses because there is so much in there. I'll keep people here for three or four hours. So I don't, I did condense it down. I think we'll be here for probably one and a half or two, but so not really. I won't keep you that long. I'm not a long-winded speaker, but it was just a, that 10th chapter is just an awesome chapter. And uh, I kind of felt like I was in a field of diamonds. I really didn't know which diamond to pick up because there's so much good in that chapter. So this morning, I hope that, that you're able to, to uh, get a lot out of this message and out of these, uh, this text that we're going over. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 10, 11 through 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. For your word. Lord, your word is powerful, it's quick, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I just pray this morning that you would just help us to put aside what has gone on this past week and what's going to take place this week. And I just pray, Father, that you would just open our hearts up to your word. I just pray that if there's some who have come with hearts that have never trusted you as their personal Savior, I pray that today is the day that they come to know you as their Savior. Lord, just open our hearts. We thank you and love you in your name. Amen. 
Bible in many places talks about shepherds. We see throughout we we see throughout the Bible where it talks about shepherds. And one of the things that I want us to think about is think back with me some of the shepherds that we have had that we have heard about in the Bible. Think of Moses. Moses was a shepherd. He was a shepherd for 40 years and he he um, led the children from Egyptian slavery, the children of Israel from Egyptian, Egyptian slavery, but he was a shepherd, shepherd for 40 years. Think of David, little David, who was a shepherd boy who had watched over his father's flock. He was, he was a shepherd and he went on to defeat the giant Goliath. And then he becomes the greatest king of the most successful king for Israel. God used Amos, who was a shepherd, to prophesy to the nation of Israel. And let's not forget that God used shepherds who were tending their flock at night to proclaim in Bethlehem that Jesus had been born in a manger. Shepherding was not an easy job. You think of shepherding as just going out in the field and just just watching your, your the flock, but shepherding was not an easy job. It was a very long day for a shepherd. They're out there in the heat of the day with their sheep, moving them from pasture to pasture and bringing them to water when they're thirsty. So it wasn't a very it wasn't a very easy job. It was a dangerous job. You think of, if you know the life of David, David, when he was young, he was out uh, taking care of his father's flock, and he killed a bear and a lion with his hands. And so there was times when a, a predator would want to come and, and take care of the flock. The shepherds many times would put their lives into jeopardy for their flock. These men were a shepherd, but they were not the good shepherd. They were not the good shepherd. You think of the life of David. David had a, he lived an adulterous life. He sinned before God. He, he killed a person. He was a shepherd, but he was not the good shepherd. So this morning I have three points for you that I'd like to bring to your attention. And the first point is, Matt, if we could scroll back to like the 11th verse, if we could do that. Like the second slide up. There you go. The title of that point is, The Good Shepherd is Proven by His Sacrifice. He is proven by His Sacrifice. Verse 11 says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. Jesus sacrificed so much for the sheep. And who He's talking to, the sheep, who is the sheep? That's us. He's talking to us, and he, he sacrificed so much for us. Think back with me when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was hours before he was going to be betrayed. He dreaded the trials that he was going to be facing. Luke chapter 22, verse 42 says that, he says, Father, if it be your will, remove this cup from me. He says in the 44th verse. In agony, he began to sweat 
as great drops of blood. He wasn't looking forward to what was to come. He wasn't looking forward to the trial that was to come. But yet he humbled himself and became a man. Philippians 2, verse 5 through 6 says, Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of it as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. One writer said it this way, Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to give up his position and his reputation as God to come in the form of a servant and to be clothed with flesh as a man just like you and me. He made himself just like part of his creation, just like you and me. He gave up being God so we could be with God forever. There is no more horrible death to that anyone has it's been known to mankind than the crucifixion. And one of the things that... Uh, Last Saturday night, as the right before I turned in for the night, I did as I normally do. I'll just turn on the TV and I'll look through one of the religious channels. Usually has like maybe the um, the resurrection story, the crucifixion, and uh, I looked through the channels and I happened to find it. And I think it was actually the Bible, but it was from Jesus's trial up into his death. And just to see what he went went through for me. Man. I just couldn't help but be moved by the beatings that he took. Being whipped with the cat of nine tails. Being spat upon. Being laughed at. Being mocked. Had a crown of thorns put in his on his brow somebody took a staff and just jammed the thorns into his head he did that because he loved you and because he loved me and I'll tell you that night that just moved me and so many times we hear what Jesus did for us on the cross we take it for granted Are we moved by what he did for us on the cross? Do we realize the sacrifice that he made for you and for me? Honestly, many times we don't. We don't think about that sacrifice that he paid on the cross. By his priceless sacrifice for us. I believe Jesus deserves the title, The Good Shepherd. Secondly, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, is committed to his sheep. He's committed to his sheep. Verse 12 says, But a hireling 
He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and watches the wolf. And at, I'm sorry, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care for the sheep. Those verses, Jesus compares himself to a hireling and the shepherd. The hireling, we see, is only in it for the money. He don't own the sheep. He does not have a vested interest in the sheep. It's only a job. He don't take it that serious. It doesn't really matter if the sheep go and get scattered. He don't need to go out after the sheep. When a, when a lion and a bear comes to his flock, he, he just he runs. He's not going to spend, he's not going to put his life on the line for those sheep. That's a hireling. He don't own the sheep. He has no vested interest in the sheep. But Jesus, on the other hand, he owns the sheep. He owns the sheep. He has a vested interest in the welfare of them. He will go out and find those that are scattered and those that are lost. He will go out and and find those in your family who have run and they've, they've turned their back on God and you're wondering, will they come back? Jesus will go out and look for those sheep. He will pay any price to protect the sheep, even if it means giving up his very own life. The good shepherd is committed to his sheep. The, the hireling is as a false shepherd. They look like a shepherd. They act like a shepherd. They're out in the flock. They, you would think that they're a shepherd, but they're a false shepherd. They're a hireling. They're not willing to pay the price if their sheep are scattered or lost. The good shepherd is committed to his sheep. Third point. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. In this verse, Jesus is expressing the bond that he has between himself and the sheep. He knows them, and they know him. I think back of a couple years ago now, I never really knew much about sheep, and sheep are a very difficult animal to raise. I don't know if anybody here raises sheep, but they're a difficult animal because they're actually dumb. They will thirst to death if you do not put water right in front of them. And a couple of years ago, my daughter, Andrea, our oldest, said, I would like to get into 4-H. Okay. And I'm thinking, maybe a steer, maybe a rabbit, maybe a chicken. She said, I would like to raise a couple sheep. Okay, that's no problem. I hey, I'll learn about the sheep and and uh, we'll we'll raise them and and uh, so we went to the farmer's uh, farm and we bought the sheep and and uh, we we brought the sheep home and and uh, she would train them and and she would go out in the at night and feed them and in the morning and, and feed them and water them and she would get them out and groom them and and walk them around the yard and. It was funny because when she would come out of the house 
after a period of time, she would make some sort of... I don't know what she'd do. Maybe she'll do it for you. Maybe she's embarrassed now. <laughs> but she would, she would somehow call to them, and those crazy sheep would come running out of the barn because they knew exactly what it was. They knew that they were going to get water, fed, walked, or groomed. But they knew who she was because she was the shepherd of those two sheep. And that's like Jesus. He knows his sheep. We know who he is. One man said this. He said, a man who was tending a large flock of sheep was telling his Christian friend that he was familiar with each one of his sheep in his flock. You see that one over there, he asked. Notice how it toes in a little. The one behind it has a squint. The next one has a patch of wool off its back. Ahead is one with a distinguishing black mark, while the one closest to us has a small tear in its ear. Observing all of them, the believer thought about Christ, the Good Shepherd, who also knows the individual weaknesses and failing of his flock. Jesus not only knows our outward appearance, but he also knows our inward parts. He knows our heart. Jesus knows every strength and weakness that we have today. He knows every joy and every burden. He knows every mountain and every valley that we may be in. He knows every battle and every victory. Some of you this morning, you're on the mountaintop, Life is good, but the person sitting next to you or down the aisle or on the other section across from you may be in the valley, but God knows all about that valley. He can bring you out of that valley because he's the good shepherd and he knows the sheep. The only thing I have left here is there's no question that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Yeah. But my question to you is, do you know the Good Shepherd? Do you know the Good Shepherd? However you answer that question determines the destiny that you're going to come to in either, either heaven or hell whether you know him or not. If there's been a time in your life when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're a child of his, you're going to be in heaven. My friend, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, if there's never been a time in your life when you've, you've committed your life to him, you've invited him into your life, I'm sorry, but you're going to spend eternity in the place the Bible calls hell. Romans 6.23 says this. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Has there been a time when you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior? If not, I want to invite you to do it today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, it says, Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. There's no way you should put off receiving Christ. There's no way that you should say, I'll just do it another time. My friend, time is running out. 
Somebody asked me the other day, John, do you believe the end times are coming? I said, sir, the end times are here. I said, you read the prophecy that we have in the Bible. Some of the things that are taking place of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. All of the different earthquakes and things taking place. Did you know that, earth, speaking of earthquakes, where we just came from, the, the, the country of Nicaragua, this year has, over, has, has had over 113 earthquakes? That is all prophecy. That's what God says, that earthquakes are going to come. Famines are going to come. Wars are going to take place. My friend, we don't know what holds tomorrow. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, do it today. Jesus is the good shepherd. He will receive you. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You were born a sinner. I was born a sinner. We must admit that we are a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have to believe. Believe in Jesus Christ as God's Son and receive the gift that Jesus gave us. The greatest verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and then if we confess our sins 1 John 1 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins my question to you today is are you willing to do that I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed no one looking around no one walking out this is the most important most important time of the whole message. Somebody's life is hinging on eternity right here. Yesterday, I heard that at TI, I guess as the closing message was sent out, that I guess the pastor there gave the, the gospel presentation. And that what I heard is five people trusted Christ as their Savior place that you would have thought that everybody there taking part and doing in the programs and all of the competitions, you would have thought that they would have been saved. But in a crowd that size, there was five that didn't know Christ as their personal Savior. And I just want to ask you this morning, in a crowd this size, if there's someone here this morning that would say, you know what, I've never trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. But yet I'd like to do that today. Would you just lift up your hand for me so I can see it? No one's looking around. Some of you may say, you know what, I think I'm saved, but I'm not 100% sure. My friend, don't leave here unless you're 100% sure that you're saved. It's that 1% that could get you and send you to hell. Anybody? The balcony? I don't see any hands. Christian, I just want to ask you this question. You know the Good Shepherd. Are you sharing the good news about the Good Shepherd with those around you? Do you have a burden for the lost? Do you have a burden for your family? I'm so, I'm so concerned that when we have the opportunity to come forward and Bring loved ones in prayer. 
our altars are not fulfilled. That concerns me. Because are we really concerned for our lost friends? Are we really concerned for our family? I want to give you that opportunity this morning that you can come down to these altars and you can, you can lay your family and your friends down here and pray for them. You can pray for your co-worker. You can pray for your family member. And, Lord, and you can also pray that the Lord would just give you a burden for the lost. 